Hi, that girl here today with Dr. Frederick Gashin, who's a professor at Louisiana State University. And today he's going to be speaking on chronic diarrhea in dogs. Hello, Justine. Thank you. Yes, you know, there's a lot to say about chronic diarrhea in dogs. I, I don't know if you get into the same predicament that I do, but some of the dogs I see seem to have experienced a number of problems, seems to have undergone various therapies, and, and unfortunately with no success. I think that every dog with, a chronic, with chronic diarrhea would actually benefit from a systemic approach. And, and what I try to do is differentiate those that are quite sick and in these animals in which the disease has had a number of repercussions such as weight loss, there's been inappetence, anorexia, and, and, and perhaps there is even protein loss and ascites. And, and those dogs I'll, I'll approach a bit differently than the ones that come in and have less systemic repercussions and have mostly some vomit and diarrhea. We do remember we can differentiate where the diarrhea comes from mainly, you know, looking at different clinical signs and decide if it's more small bowel versus large bowel. Remember the signs of large bowel diarrhea with tenesmus, frequent defecation of small amounts of feces and perhaps presence of mucus or blood in the feces versus, you know, a bit for more dramatic appearance perhaps in those animals, in those dogs that have small bowel diarrhea that will cause perhaps weight loss, will cause more inappetence to anorexia, etc. There are a lot of good news though, Justine, and I think the, the great news is that a large number of these dogs with chronic diarrhea, especially those who have mild to moderate signs, will actually respond to something very simple. It's a diet change. Uh, so we call those diet responsive. So they have a, a diet responsive disease. And it is not sure exactly how the diet works in these animals. I don't think that they do have food allergy. Food allergy with a purely GI type of phenotype uh, is fairly rare. Usually, you know, most the most common presentation for food allergy is really going to have to do with skin disease and perhaps with some gastrointestinal signs as well. We don't, I don't think we see a lot of animals with food allergy. I don't even think we see a, not, a lot of animals with food intolerance. I do think, though, we see a lot of animals with some mild to moderate GI inflammation that we could call, if you want, chronic enteropathy, chronic inflammatory intestinal disease or chronic IBD if you want, but it's mild enough that just modifying one aspect in the equation, i.e. the diet, will be able to make these animals feel better. There's been a, a number of studies. I was part of one of those studies, but it was in Switzerland, and you might think, who cares about what happened in Switzerland? Uh, there's been another study not yet published out of London, the Royal Veterinary College, confirming that more than 50% of dogs with chronic diarrhea will respond to a diet change. There's even a study well, the where results presented out of a Cornell study in Ithaca. You would know that place quite well, Justine. There, it was Dr. Simpson who showed very similar results. More than 50% of the dogs he was seeing with chronic diarrhea responded to a diet change. What type of diet change was that? Well, in most instances, we will opt for a novel protein diet or we will opt for a hydrolyzed diet. It's really your choice. Uh, I would say 
that these animals that will respond will respond usually within about 10 to 15 days or 10 to 14 days. While it's not as, I don't think it's as strict an elimination diet as you need to be when you want to approach food allergies such as our dermatologists speak about, you still have to have compliant clients that are going to feed exclusively that diet and just make a serious attempt to help their dogs with that uh, approach. Now you'll tell me, hey, between 50 and 60% is a great number. However, there are still between 40 and 50% of the dogs who obviously do not respond to a diet change. And that is correct. A percentage of those will respond to a, uh, an approach consisting of antimicrobials. They have a process going on in their intestine. It could be that they have dysbiosis. You know, those of us who are older will remember when we talked about small uh, intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Well, it, it shows your age if you talk about it this, this way. Uh, nowadays, you really, the new concept is that of dysbiosis, which reflects not only an increase in the number, but a change in the, the composition of the GI microbiome, which is also the new word for intestinal flora. So there is a subset overall, you know, we said about 50 to 60% respond to diets, about between 10 and 30% will respond to an antimicrobial. Which antimicrobial would you choose for that? Well, those that are particularly often chosen or selected would be uh, metronidazole in a dose of uh, probably 10 to 15 mg per kg twice a day, or tylosin. Tylosin can be given usually at about 20 mg per kg twice a day. You could also consider other antibiotics. I use them a little less often, but as, as simple as amoxicillin or, or amoxicillin clavulanic acid at the usual dosages. So that covers another part of the patients. Um, and then we get to those that do not respond to either diet nor the antibiotic approach. Uh, and, and those often will benefit from probably in the first place a more in-depth uh, diagnostic investigation, which would consist of CBC, chem panel, urinalysis, considering uh, abdominal imaging, particularly ultrasound may be useful in these animals to evaluate the intestinal wall and the layering of the different parts of the intestinal wall. And uh, ultimately, those animals may benefit also from more invasive investigations, such as uh, endoscopy or potentially an exploratory laparotomy. But that's the type of steps I would take, of course, ultimately, these animals will, all, will probably be placed under some sort of uh, immunomodulating treatment consisting of immunosuppressive steroids or other immunosuppressants. So I, I guess what I wanted to communicate to the people who are on the VetGirl channel is uh, that really a systematic and simple approach can already take care of a significant percentage of dogs that will be presented to your hospital with chronic diarrhea. Thanks, Dr. Gashin, for some great fast tips on some preliminary workups to the dog with chronic diarrhea.